I'm Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. I've been a cop for 27 years. I like to say I got a backstage pass to life. Well, guess what? I got some tickets for you. So come on in, pull up a chair, turn up that volume, and let's go. Chasing Justice is on. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Chasing Justice. I'm your host, Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. Well, I come to you today from a different place, from a place I've never been before. I've been around a lot of different places. I know I I let you know when I'm coming to you live from a different city or if I'm coming to you from a different state or what I'm doing when I'm out on the road sometimes when I do my show. And I always try and let you know where I'm at and what I'm doing. Well, today, I have to tell you, I really don't know where I'm at. I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss for words. I'm at a uh, position of, of not believing what I've just seen and I'm having a difficult time with it because it doesn't just affect me. It affects my children, my grandchildren, your children, your grandchildren, and all of us. We are in a, in a country that is different than it's been for the past 247 years or so. We are in a country now that is more reminiscent of some of the third world nations or the tyrannical nations that we have had to deal with over the course of our lifetimes. Of course, I'm speaking about the indictment and arrest of a former president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. It is, it is it's with great sadness that I talk about this. It's with great sadness that I think about some of the things that go into this conversation. Number one, I think those on the left have been angling towards this. This is another step in the de-evolution of America as we've always known it. It has now put us in a place equal to China and how they deal with political enemies. Um, how the Soviet Union dealt with political enemies, how Putin deals with political enemies, how the Cubans deal with political enemies. All of these tyrannical socialist communist governments uh, or military dictatorships, the rule of law is a farce to them. The rule of law to those countries is something that they they wave around as though it really matters. You know, when Putin runs for president and he gets 98% of the vote and Medvedev gets, uh, you know, less than that. So he becomes uh, the president and uh, Putin is the dictator. And then they have another election a few years later. And oh, guess what? Putin got 99 and, and Medvedev got this. So they switched positions. And after doing that for two or three times, they pretty much gave up the farce and they just said, oh, look at Putin got 99.9% of the vote. Everybody wants Putin and, and he's still there. The Chinese don't even have those kind of elections and the people have no voice whatsoever. One of the differences, the historical human differences for all of humanity about the United States was that the constitution, you know, we the people decided what goes on. We vote for our leaders, whether they're good or bad. We vote for them, whether they do a good job or a bad job. But we now live in a different country. We now live in a country where political leaders, even the highest leader in the land, the president, 
is now open to political fraud, political attack, and the justice system being used against a political opponent. Now, in this particular instance, it's Donald Trump, Republican, former Republican president, and currently uh, lead for the Republican nomination for the year 2024. This is, this is who they're going after now because of this, this crazy Trump derangement syndrome. These people are just completely out of their minds and what they have revealed themselves to be now, and, and I don't say this lightly, but it seems pretty clear. When Trump first ran in 2016, nobody believed he would be president. Remember all the jokes they made on the late night shows? Remember Obama uh, was took something from that Trump had said and said, well, I might not have been a great president, but at least I will have been a president, meaning that Trump would not be a president. And of course, Trump was elected president and for a specific reason. He was elected because the majority of Americans were sick and tired of the status quo of our political class, both sides, Republicans and Democrats. They promise and promise and then do nothing. And all they do is run for the next election. All of them to keep their positions, to keep their power, to keep their uh, great lifestyles that they get to have. And if they did anything along the way, oh, well, okay, well, we did something, but you know what? Next time we'll do even better. Vote for me again. And we were sick of that. And when Donald Trump came out, many people overlooked the flaws in his personal character. So he had, you know, he had a lot of women in his life. He's a rich guy and he had lots of women, lots of beautiful women, and he had lots of marriages and he lives an amazing lifestyle that most of us could never imagine. And when someone is living that lifestyle, you can say that it's a good lifestyle or a bad lifestyle. That's up to each person. Just like I could come out and talk about your life, couldn't I? Or somebody could talk about my life and say, well, it's not the right way to live, Lieutenant Joe. You shouldn't live like that. You should live like this. And I should turn around and say, hey, what about you? You should live like this. You should live like that. What we need to look at is what I have said all along with all of these politicians. Look at what they actually do when they're in office. A lot of my anger over the years has been focused not only on our liberal brothers and sisters who are angling for socialism, who seem to be deluded into thinking that this would be a better way for us to live. They seem to ignore the facts of history and the, the actual reality of what humans do and how they default to the uh, living under a strong person. Uh, and rights get crushed, and it becomes the state, and then sometimes it becomes the single dictator's way of living, is what turns over. And I've gotten angry with that over the years, because I remember our Republican friends. We need to have the, the, the House of Representatives to do anything. So we vote, we gave it to them. Well, we can't do anything without the Senate. And we gave them the Senate. Well, we can't do anything without the presidency. We gave them the presidency, and what they do? They didn't do anything. They didn't do any of the things that they said they would do. They gave up. They bend over, they give in, they try and make friends with everybody. They're trying to make friends with the people on the left side of the aisle and the news media and academia and all these other groups that are connected to the left. And that never works. They bring you in and they tell you, as long as you're going to do what we want, you're, our, you're, you're a great person and we'll support you. The minute you set out on a different course, you're attacked. You know, look at John McCain, truly an American hero for what he had done during the Vietnam War. Uh, kind of a liberal kind of a guy. You can argue that point, but I think he was kind of a liberal guy at the end. 
and he was the, the, a favorite of the news media, wasn't he? John McCain, greatest guy on the planet. He's great, a great Republican. He's going to be great. He might be a great president until he announced for president. And then suddenly he was the devil incarnate, just like every Republican is uh, portrayed. So I, I've, I've railed against our Republican representatives and senators and presidents because they, they always end up going back to the default position of, well, we're really Democrat light. We're not really conservative. Ronald Reagan, on the other hand, the great Rinaldus Magnus. They didn't like him either, though, did they? The rhinos. No, because he was conservative. He was very strong. He knew where he wanted to go and he was willing to go there. Well, that's what we saw with Donald Trump. Okay. We didn't see that he had girlfriends and he had slept with porn stars and we, we didn't care about any of that. How was he going to be as a person who runs the government? Will he do the right thing? And how did it turn out? Turns out he did a very good job. He was a very good president. You can argue what you want. Uh, but the reality was the economy was good. We were energy independent. We had uh, more respect or fear. I don't care what from the world around us that they were afraid to mess with him. And that gave us more prestige in the world. It took some of these, these um, tyrannical kind of people, the premier of China kind of didn't, wasn't sure what this guy would do. So he backed off. Uh, Putin wasn't sure Trump might actually do something. So he backed off. And we see what happens when we have weakness. Now, we've done shows on weakness, and Joe Biden is weak. Our Democrat friends are emotionally socialist in their, in their mindset, uh, at least very, very progressive. And the ones who are not progressive are afraid to speak up because they'll be shouted down and thrown out of their committees, whatever. So I've, I've argued about our, our politicians. Uh, they're not doing right by us, the American people. They haven't done right by us in the modern uh, age of the last, say, 25 or 30 years, except for Rinaldus Magnus and Donald Trump. But where we live now, the America we're in now, the America, A-M-E-R-I-C-A, -E has been replaced now with A-M-E-R-I-K-A. -E we are in a different America. The rule of law no longer matters. The Constitution no longer matters. The principles that we used to, we used to pride ourselves on, they no longer seem to matter. This hysteria to get Donald Trump, look where this begins. He comes down the golden elevator and he's laughed at. He'll never be president when he looks like he was starting to get some, uh, some footage going, right? He was, he was starting to get some, some feet. Looked like he might do okay. Maybe, who knows? Suddenly there's this, this Russian collusion, this made up complete lie, a fabrication about him by the Hillary Clinton campaign. And this was backed up by the deep state. This was backed up by the FBI. The Department of Justice backed up this nonsense. They had falsified warrants so they could eavesdrop on him and his team to find out what he was, what he was doing so they could get him. This wasn't justice, my friends. This was the first real battle that we all lost. Because even if you don't like Donald Trump, you really have to look in the mirror and say to yourself, am I an American or am I not? Uh, because what they did to Donald Trump, they did to all of us. They might have bugged him. They might have uh, spied on him. They might have faked up warrants to get him. They may have lied about him. They may have locked up his associates with raids with machine guns and helicopters and frogmen. But they really did that to all of us.
So whether you like him or not, what we were seeing is the wielding of the power of the state against its enemies. This is what separated us from the rest of the world. You may have people in political positions of power that had enemies, but they really didn't act on it to the extent that we are now we're seeing blatant, outright, unbelievable tactics where they use the power of federal law enforcement to lie about an individual. I'm just going to take his name out of there. Trump could have been anybody. Could have been you if you were running for office and they didn't like you. They spied on him. They faked up warrants. This is bedrock kind of rights of your rights that you have. And they did all of that to get him. Then they lied. They lied about the collusion. The, the, the superstars of our intelligence world went up there and said, oh yeah, it's got to be true. We know Trump's got this relationship. With, but we, we all went through it for three years. The Mueller investigation, right, was the second attack on him. The first one was the nonsense that he did this backed up by the media and all the politicians. Then we saw the rhinos back away from him. Oh my God, he must have done it. He must have done it, right? Because I don't think the Republicans really care if they're in the minority. I don't think they really do. They, they just want to keep their office. They don't care if they're in the minority. I don't care what the Democrats do. I get to keep my car, my life, my house, my, my penthouse, my millions of dollars in money that comes in. So that was the second attack, the Mueller investigation. Then we saw the two false impeachments. Now, they were lies made up, fabricated, and pushed through by Nancy Pelosi simply to get Trump. Damn the truth. Damn precedent. Damn all of that. She didn't care, and neither did everyone on her side of the aisle, and some Republicans as well. So they faked up the information that they needed. They pretended to, to believe things that they knew were not true, to get him. They had to get him. And that's really what we're seeing all along is they have to get this guy out of here. So we, we saw that happen. And of course, you know, thank goodness there was enough senators on the Republican side that, that weren't willing to go that far down to the bottom of the well uh, and voted no, that they wouldn't impeach him. So we saw that attack on the guy. Then we see these attacks most recently the DA in Manhattan goes after him for charges no other prosecutor would go after. He had to manipulate the law, manipulate the meanings of things, manipulate all of the facts involved so that they could get an indictment. So now they can say Donald Trump, former president, has been indicted. Right? So they can go after him because they tried down in Georgia. They're trying to get him there and they're trying to get him on January 6th. And now I hear the arguments from people that say, well, just because he said on January 6th, you know, go to the Capitol peacefully and let your voice be heard, which is something we have said since we've been a country. We're allowed to go protest, right? Remember in 2020 when people burned cities down, killed people? Weren't they just peaceful protests because people had things to say. They had feelings that were hurt. They wanted to express themselves. And we don't see any investigations of that. But they're saying that January 6th, he might have said, don't do anything violent, but it's everything he said leading up to that. He had the nerve to question whether the election was uh, tampered with, which wasn't that the entire argument of uh, Russian collusion, that he had tampered with an election with a foreign party. But when he sees what happens and what a lot of people saw, 
was a lot of smoking guns all over, that things were done inappropriately. We know laws weren't followed. We know courts backed away. They didn't want to have any part of looking at it, looking at the evidence. Now, whether it was stolen or not, we never really got to investigate it. But the point was, he questioned that election. And therefore, that is what led to the insurrection on January 6th. And they want to make a big deal out. They want to charge him because of what he had said, because he, he challenged that election, because he kept saying it wasn't legit. So I guess your free speech now is limited to what you're allowed to say about any given incident. If the, how about, how, did that ever happen before? Well, how about the vaccine? How about if you said, hey, listen, my doctor says, well, you get, you get shut down. You get thrown out of your job. You become, you're berated. You're thrown off of platforms where you don't have free speech. You can't talk. You become a pariah because shutting down free speech is shutting down argument. Where do we see that? In a free nation or do we see that in a tyrannical nation? So all these things we've seen up to this point have been attempt after attempt to get rid of Donald Trump, whether it's Trump derangement syndrome and people are legitimately out of their minds or they just realize, hey, if this guy, the first time around, he wasn't so, uh, he wasn't so savvy about getting rid of all the uh, Department of Justice people, getting rid of the FBI people that were in, not, not the, the rank and file workers. We all know that, the cops, the uh, agents, the, the mechanics of who runs those agencies. Because Trump didn't come in and throw them all out and start over with his own people. He wasn't savvy enough to do that. He honestly believed that these agencies, these, these places would do what's right for America. And now, hey, I just got elected. People want me to do things. He didn't realize that the damage had already been done. He should have gotten rid of him. But this time around, I'm going to guess that if he was reelected, he would probably do it the right way this time. He would ask all those uh, deputy attorney generals all across the United States, uh, please turn in your resignation. You're gone and get rid of all the high ranking people, get rid of the FBI people and put in people that he can trust. Right now, he took some advice. He took some advice from rhinos who put in people who were not really conservatives, who didn't really want him to succeed. Right, there was a lot of uh, a lot of Trojan horse people he came across. So everything, everyone's scared to death. Hey, man, if he gets in there now, uh, he's not going to be the same guy he was in 2016. He's probably going to be a little more savvy, and he'll be able to maybe peel apart more of the swamp. And that's what they're all afraid of. Uh, now we see that attack. Now we see the January 6th attack. Now we see down in Georgia. Because uh, he tried to he tried to affect the elections down there. Didn't Hillary say it was an illegitimate election? He's an illegitimate president? She did. I think lots of people said that. I think that was the big saying on all these crazy TV shows. Illegitimate. Illegitimate president. Illegitimate. Did they all get uh, arrested for going against the truth? He was elected. You are the people who said that there was collusion and the elections were faked up. They just did a poll and it said that like 65% of people still believe that not only were the Russians involved, but they could actually manipulate the ballot boxes to give Trump the votes. If that's mainstream belief, because the media has pumped that out, politicians have pumped that out. How come it, how come it is when Trump says, hey, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, people dumping these ballots... The, the, just all the shenanigans that went on and he questions it and that is not permissible depending on who you are 
not permissible, depending on who you are. How about when our vice president, Kamala Harris, said that the people who were rioting, burning, and looting our cities in 2020, they're not going to stop, and they shouldn't stop. Now, she's the vice president of the United States, and when she says they're not going to stop, that's an opinion. She believes they're not going to stop, but when she adds that next line, and they shouldn't stop, that has given tacit approval to what people are doing, and she's giving instruction to them, and they shouldn't stop. You should continue burning, looting, and killing people. Was she arrested? Was she investigated? Was she impeached? No. So we wake up every day going forward in a new country, a place I don't know. I don't know where I am now. I can't trust uh, the systems to be honest. Can you trust them? Can you trust the medical profession anymore? Now, maybe you trust your local doctor. But can you trust the, the medical professional who came out and pretty much lied to you for a couple of years about COVID? Lied about the vaccine? If you take it, you'll save lives and you'll never get COVID. Well, then you not only you get COVID, you get COVID five times. Well, I thought the vaccine was going to do that. No, it just keeps you from dying when you get it. No, you said I wouldn't get it if I took it. It didn't start in a lab. It came from a bat. We're supposed to believe that. Well, now there's lots of evidence that that's not true. So how many more lies are we going to be told? And now they go after Trump yet again. They attack him yet again. So we're going to see these, these prosecutors lining up now because you got to imagine that the prosecutor in Georgia now is going, hey, I can twist this thing around. I can indict him too. Let's all pile on the rabbit, as they say. I can indict him down here too because they just did it in New York. We'll get him down here, handcuff him. We'll uh, take his picture and we'll charge him down here. We will try and keep him out of the presidential race, right? And then January 6th, maybe we could charge him there too. Then he's under three different indictments. Do you realize that this is not about Donald Trump? He is the symbol. He is the talisman here that they're going after. They're going after you. And I'm going to speak directly to my friends on the left, my family, my friends who are on the left. Open your eyes. You keep talking about being woke. Be woke. Be woke. Well, wake up. Just because you don't like Trump doesn't mean we have to change our entire nation and our system. But unfortunately, it is too late for that. We have now indicted a former president of the United States and arrested him and are going to hold him out for trial for something that by all legal standards seems to be a made up ridiculous thing. But you see people drooling in the streets. We got him. We finally got him. We got him. You got him on nonsense. They don't even care what the charges are. They don't even understand what the charges are. They're just happy that they got him. Do you realize what this means to your life and the future. From now on, every president, every politician, good and bad, can be charged with stuff and arrested. And I know a lot of people are, are commenting out there in the world saying, well, well, where's some, some really smart red state prosecutors to come up with some nonsense and charge Biden? Let's, let's lock him up. Let's lock up his son. Let's lock up uh, Comey and charge them. This is where the two parties differ completely. The Republicans do not have the guts to do such a thing. 
Now that would be, uh, what do they call it, tit for tat, back and forth. You did it, so I'm going to do it. And what do we say? Oh, we're going to stay away from that. We're not going to sink to their level. Well, guess what? If you don't sink to their level, they're going to drag you down. That's what they're doing. Our friends on the left are dragging us down. They have now just changed our country forever. So it's a different place I find myself in today. I don't know where this place is. I don't know where it's going. Usually you can find a highway. You can read a map. You can see the signs. And you can go forward and try and find your way. I don't know that we can find our way out of this one. I think this is another in the step of progressions of attacks against Trump. Again, he's the, he's the picture of who they're going after. But it's really you and me and our system. They want to tear it down. They want to fundamentally change it. They want to rip it apart. Look at everything that's going on in our country today. Do you recognize this place? Can you go to a major city without getting raped or murdered? No, and what do they do? Do they crack down on the crime so that you and I and our families can be safe? No, they coddle the criminals and let them out. And God forbid you fight back when you're being attacked, they'll lock you up. It's this chaos that is needed to change things. Now, if they were doing this the other way around, and it was Republicans doing this to Barack Obama, who we all know, I didn't particularly think he was a great president. I didn't like his policies. He seemed like a nice guy. He seemed like a nice man, good father, good husband. But I didn't like his policies. If they did that to him, I would be just as upset as watching what they're doing to Trump because it wouldn't be to Obama or to Trump they're doing it. They're doing it to us. So who are these people? Lieutenant Joe, do you really think that there's communists in the wings? Do you really think these socialists really want to do it? Just ask them. What you're seeing now is a preview of what you would see if they had total power. They disagree with you. Well, first they started out by canceling people who had the nerve to speak up against the almighty virus or the vaccine. And they would come after you and ruin your life. Now, if you voice your opinion on anything out there that the left doesn't like, you'll be canceled and thrown away. Imagine when they have power, they will have you locked up and thrown away the kid. Oh yeah, they just did that. See, so with each one of these steps that we take, that we see, we go down a rabbit hole that we can't get back out from. So yes, my friends, America has changed and not for the good. We listen to lies every single day and we can't trust anybody, the right or the left. You can't trust anything these people say because they all have something to gain by lying to you, by manipulating you. And unfortunately, a lot of our fellow Americans are stupid and they can't seem to, seem to go past their own opinions or ideas. They can't open their mind and go, wow, maybe is there something to this? Is there something to this possibly that people are trying to do the wrong thing to our country? They're trying to tear down America? I don't, I don't see it. It's been everything every day for the years now. Tear down the statues. Get rid of Christmas. Get rid of the holidays. Get rid of the uh, framework of America. Destroy the rule of law and get rid of the Constitution. My friends, where are we going to be tomorrow if this is where we are today? We'll be back in a minute and we'll talk about it. 
if you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on all the fear-mongering, but deep down you try and minimize viral exposure and your risk of getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a pulvinone iodine nasal solution. I don't need to tell you just how powerful a nasal cleansing formula with xylitol, pulvinone iodine, and vitamin D3 for immune support could be. In fact, my attorney told me not to tell you. Google it and find out for yourself. Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made Cofix RX nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code out loud and get 20% off. The Wellness Company shares your values and fights for medical freedom. They put patients before profits and follow medical science, not political science like doctors on the left. Their chief medical board, which includes Dr. Peter McCullough, are the makers of the incredible American-made, high-quality spike formula. If you worry about spike proteins, go to TWC.health and use promo code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount. Once again, that's TWC.health, promo code OUTLOUD. America out loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. Welcome back, everybody. Now, you might say to yourself, Lieutenant Joe, your voice sounds good today. You sound strong today. Well, I'm controlling myself. I'm, I promise you, I'm controlling myself. I'm trying to control my emotions. I'm trying to think clearly. I'm trying to make cogent points. And one of the reasons I can do that, that's right, you guessed it because I'm taking the Healthy Cell Immune Boost. Now, Healthy Cell Immune Boost, they're on the, they're on the network here. You hear them all the time. Uh, I started taking it a while ago. I've told you that. I like it. Uh, I've recommended it to my family and friends, and I recommend it to you. It has really helped me stay ahead of the curve. You know, uh, I'm getting older now, getting close to my birthday. I'm going to be going around the sun 61 times in a few, uh, in a few days. And I tell you, I feel so much better in these last couple of years that I've been taking the Healthy Cell that, that's the only thing I can really attribute it to. I'm pretty uh, analytical. I look at things and figure out what's this and what's that. And that's really been the big difference. I knew I needed some kind of supplement, and it has really helped me. And I think you should take a look at it as well. Okay? So I look at my, my notes here, and I, I, I had the privilege of being on uh, the great Malcolm Out Loud show last week. And, and he was uh, telling everybody you know, about my pages of outrage. And I think he was trying to do this. Where I shake my pages, uh, trying to make the point that, you know, that's a little saying that I came up with because there, there are these, some of these things are outrageous, don't you think? Aren't you outraged at what's happening to your world, to your, to your country, to your family, to the future of your family, 
right? Well, one of the things that is coming up here with, with Trump is they're going to take him to trial in New York, maybe Georgia, maybe in D.C., who knows, wherever else, they, wherever else they can indict him for something. They're going to take, you know, I heard, he, I heard he pulled the labels off a mattress when he was in Utah. Maybe they'll get him there, too. Um, but the reality is the next part of this process, and I'll, I'll explain the grand jury to you just real quickly. Now, I know I've, I've talked about the courts in the, in the past, but the purpose of a grand jury is so that our peers, right, we get judged by our peers, so that you can't just have, you know, the law enforcement entity come around uh, always and say uh, that you should go to trial, you should be held over, the government, basically. So when an officer makes an arrest, police officer, FBI agent makes an arrest based on probable cause, right? They don't have to see it take place. If they have probable cause that a crime took place, they can charge someone. Now, before that goes right to court, unlike in a municipal court, you get a ticket, you got to go to court, right? There's, there's no grand jury for municipal court. This is for crimes where you can go to prison, right? We can have prison sentences. So what happens is an officer will charge somebody. They'll arrest them, bring them in. They post bail. Um, they get their bail and they get to get out. And then what we do is we hand them their, their charge, piece of paper. Uh, they don't immediately go to trial. What happens is those charges at the prosecutor's level, they will then go to the grand jury. And the purpose of the grand jury, uh, most grand juries are 22 citizens that are, uh, they're there like a pettit jury, right? You know, you get the thing, you got to go to jury duty. Well, the grand juror gets the same kind of thing. In most states, they, they go on a particular day every week for X amount of weeks, right? So the way we did it in New Jersey was there was, uh, you know, Mondays were drug days. So anybody charged with drug crimes would go to that grand jury. On Tuesday were sex crimes. Wednesday was burglary crimes, that kind of things. And that's how we did. So each grand jury would meet on Mondays. If you were the drug grand jury, if you were the sex crime grand jury, you met on Tuesdays. And what happens is over the course of time, the jurors become more familiar with the uh, elements of the crime that they're looking at. They become more familiar with uh, evidence and how to look at evidence and this and that. So what happens is you get charged with this crime, whatever it is. In this case, Trump gets charged with a felony, which are indictable crimes felony, uh, improper business records, right? So now it goes to the grand jury. And the whole idea is the prosecutor is now going to present the evidence to Donald Trump's peers so that they can determine, do they think a crime was committed and Trump committed the crime? And it's a majority vote. So out of 22, you got to get a majority to vote, not guilty, but they're voting that, yeah, these charges should go forward. That's the idea. We, we say yes. And if they vote to go forward, that the person should stand trial for these uh, charges that they got, then that's called a true bill. And that's what happens. It comes out as a true bill, which means, yes, the person should uh, go to trial. If it comes out as a no bill, that's because the majority of the grand juries, during jurors, didn't think that the charge matched up with the facts and doesn't think the person should be charged. Once those charges are true billed, they're presented to a judge. The prosecutor will present all the charges from the week or the month or whatever and say, Your Honor, these are all been true billed and these are going to go to trial. And then the judge will set court dates and this and that and the other thing. You don't always have to be arrested first. Sometimes you can go to a grand jury and the grand jury will investigate based on the investigation. I don't, they don't go out in the street with magnifying glasses and, and question people. 
But the investigators for the prosecutor's office or the uh, attorney general's office or whoever, they will go out and interview people. They will uh, issue subpoenas to people. They might give people a subpoena to come to the grand jury and testify. Right. Uh, and then you come in there, you hear all this information, even though no one has been arrested yet. Uh, and then they have a vote and the prosecutors say, OK, based on this, we're looking at these three crimes. And here's the evidence we presented. Who votes on count number one? The person most likely did it. Probable cause they did it. If it's a majority, they say, OK, number two, number three. Then they notify the person and say, turn yourself in for arrest because you're being charged now with these crimes through the grand jury. This is what happened to Donald Trump. He wasn't arrested ahead of time. The grand jury did an investigation and they voted true bill on the charges that the prosecutor put out. And therefore now he turns himself in, he's arrested, he's given his charges, he's arraigned, which means he comes in front of a judge to judge say, hey, you realize you've been arrested? You realize you've been charged with this? How do you plead? Uh, and at that point he can plead guilty or not guilty. If you plead not guilty, then uh, the judge will say, okay, we're gonna set this down for trial, gives it a date, and, and then away we go. And then eventually you go to trial. So that's the grand jury system. It's actually a good system if it is used fairly and with justice in mind, because you have your peers listening to the situation. So in many instances, when there's a, uh, a confrontation between a citizen and law enforcement, and unfortunately there's a fatality, right? They don't run out and lock up the officer. What they do is they take the case to the grand jury. And then the grand jurors can ask questions. They, they hear witnesses. They'll have the law explained to them. And it's, it's much more antiseptic than maybe the anger out in the street when an officer kills a citizen. Everybody, you know, oh my gosh, y'all cops are bad. They're just killing people for no reason. Well, in the grand jury, what the grand jurors will hear and have to vote on is here's the circumstances of how the officer ended up in the confrontation with the person. Here's what the person did. Here's how the officer responded. And here's what the law says was the responsibilities of both the person and the officer. And that's why you see a lot of times when these things come out, the grand jury will no bill a potential indictment of an officer for homicide, for killing someone because it turns out it's a justifiable homicide. The officer acted within the color of their uh, office. They acted properly. They used the proper force, even though somebody ended up dead. Well, this can happen to you as well. Say somebody broke into your house and they wanted to rape and murder your children and your spouse, and you decided to fight back, right? And you fight back, and in the course of fighting back, the perpetrator is killed. Well, depending on where you live, depending on the uh, locale and the philosophy of the prosecutor, you might get arrested that night, even though that person broke into your home, right? Because some states don't have a stand the ground law where you are allowed to stand your ground. You don't have to back up and flee and run out of your home or take a beating or a raping or a murdering. You get to stand up for yourself. You get to use the appropriate amount of force to thwart the crime, right? That's what stand your ground is all about. Other states don't have that. Other states say you must retreat until you can't retreat anymore. And we know how that usually works out, right? So say you did this and this person ended up dead. They were fighting with you. They had a knife. You produced your gun and you shot and killed them. You saved your family. You saved yourself. Now, like I said, depends on where you live. If you live in a place that doesn't like 
you protecting yourself, you might get arrested that night and be charged with uh, homicide, manslaughter, a whole number of, of charges where one person kills another. And you might sit in jail because you have bail on you for a million dollars. You can't get it out. And then eventually you go to trial if you're indicted. Or you can live in a place where they do have stand your ground kind of laws where you're allowed to defend yourself. And this person ends up dead and the officers show up and you explain to them what happened. They investigate and realize, wow, this person broke in to someone's home. They threatened them. They had a weapon. A reasonable person would think I need to fight and save my life. And therefore, they don't arrest you that night. They take all the information and they go to the grand jury. And much like when an officer is charged or the people want to charge an officer with a murder for killing somebody, it goes to the grand jury. And when the grand jury hears the facts, very often they say no bill because they realize the officer was doing the right and appropriate thing, even tragically, if somebody ended up getting killed. Same thing with you. The grand jury might hear all the evidence and decide, wow, you acted properly. You protected your family. You did what was right because of the actions of the criminal. You didn't do anything wrong. They broke into your house. They threatened you and you defended yourself, right? So the grand jury system is actually a good one as long as it's used in a search for justice. When it is used as a political tool, it is a very, very dangerous weapon of tyranny. Because the saying, you probably all have heard the saying till you're sick of it here and by now, you can, you can indict a ham sandwich in a grand jury. And the reason that that is said, the reason that that is said, that statement came about, is because in the grand jury, while there are peers, your peers are there, they're the grand jurors, and they're listening to the evidence the prosecutor presents, the defense, the defense attorneys and the accused do not get to testify. They do not get to present evidence. They don't get to say anything. The only evidence that is presented is the prosecution side. They bring in their witnesses. They bring in their evidence. Uh, and those people testify. And as a citizen, you're sitting there listening. Wow, this is this is what and then they explain the law as the prosecutor sees it, just like in the case with Trump. To get that indictment, the prosecutor had to explain why he thinks these things that Trump did or was engaged in were illegal and why they rose to the, uh, to the level of a felony, right? So they would have to explain that. And that's what kind of goes on in the grand jury. But if it's used as a political tool, as it would be used in the Soviet Union, as it would be used in Cuba, as it would be used in communist China, as it would be used under Kim Jong-un, right, in North Korea, as it would be used under Putin. It is used as a tool that gives legitimacy to illegitimate acts using the law and the criminal justice system against your enemies. You see, now all my friends on the left out there, even you people sitting in your basement, your underwear, listening to Lieutenant Joe taking notes, this is where you can have a problem too. Because let's look historically at these governments that do this, these tyrannical governments that use fake justice system to go after their political enemies. What happens when you, oh, you think you're going to be raised up to be a hero because you were against Trump. Then it turns out they don't want anybody talking about the price of anything and you're out there complaining about the cost of kumquats. It's too expensive. Well, guess what? You become a big mouth. They don't want you around anymore. So they'll indict you for inciting a riot threatening a public official. And you say, wait a minute, I didn't threaten anybody. 
I'm just sick and tired of paying these high prices. It's got to, oh no, we don't want your voice anymore. So even though you're a very good liberal and you hate Trump like everybody else, um, we don't want to hear from you. So therefore, you're indicted and now you're going to go to trial. That's right. Now, what do you think your chances are of coming out of that not guilty? Very, very slim to none. And that is why, whether you hate Trump or not, what just happened to our country is a travesty of justice. And it is the nail in the coffin of America that has been here since the beginning, since its founding. We are now in a new place, a different place. And none of us know where this is going to lead. We can assume, we can take a guess, we can have a hypothesis looking at historical records of how these things start to go. Once the government becomes your enemy and decides it can use power to come after you to silence you, shut you up, and get rid of you, then it doesn't usually take long to go down that slope. What no normally is needed to happen when that happens, just like when the king came after all of us all those many, many years ago, there had to be a revolution to throw them off so that you could get back to freedom. Whether that's going to happen here, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that people are, are even thinking about such a thing. I'm not recommending it. Be bloody, be terrible, be a horrible thing. We can do it through the ballot box. Right? We can do it through the ballot box. We can have our revolution through the ballot box, the legitimate way. But that means we have to account for fraud. We have to account for shenanigans. That means you have to get up off your butt and go vote. You have to bring your family members. You have to convince people that the road we're on is dangerous for all of us. Even if you hate Trump, it's dangerous for all of us because you all think that, hey, we'll get rid of these people and we'll have a beautiful socialist utopia to be wonderful. You don't realize then they come after you and they don't like what you're doing and saying. And then it's your turn in the box, as they say. So, can Trump get a fair trial? Can Trump get a fair trial? Don't you want a fair trial if you're accused of something? Don't you want a fair trial? Don't you want to be able to present your case and have the judge and the jury look at the facts, not just what is said about you, and determine whether you actually did this? And if you did do it, what was your reasoning to do? Were you, were you legitimized in what you did? Just like the officer, right? The officer who uses deadly force appropriately, if you went to trial on that, you would hope the judge and the jury would look at the facts and say, wow, it's a shame someone ended up dead, but here's what happened. I looked at the facts and the officer was correct in the law and in his or her actions to use the force they used to stop whatever was going on. And unfortunately, somebody ended up dead. You'd want that, wouldn't you? What if you were accused of some other kind of crime, a white collar crime? Uh, or an insurance fraud, or some other nonsense. Wouldn't you want the judge and jury to listen to the facts? I think you would. I think we all would. But that's not what happens in these kind of show trials. In these show trials, the, the, the answer is already determined. It's just how they're going to make it look as legitimate as possible. And what does that do? That puts the fear into everybody that you don't want to get charged. You don't want to have anything to do with that. Maybe, maybe you should cooperate whenever they tell you to. Uh, maybe if my neighbor's doing something bad, I should tell on my neighbor, right? This is, this is how these societies devolve and go down a rabbit hole. And you may not think that's happening to us, but I'm telling you it is. What happened here with Trump 
is the opening salvo of a serious problem constitutionally, a serious problem for our justice system, and a serious problem for our liberties. And that's what's happening. So can Trump get a fair trial? Does anybody think um, in, in New York uh, City, a very, very blue liberal Democrat city that allowed this prosecutor to do this uh, indictment in the first place, do you think a jury of Trump's peers uh, are going to vote not guilty? When people are out in the streets salivating that, we got him, we finally got him. They have no idea what they got him on. They don't care if they're legitimate charges or not. They don't understand the system. They just got him. They got him. He's under arrest. Those are the people that sit on the jury. And what are they going to do? They're going to disregard the facts. They're going to say, we, we got to get him. We know he's guilty. We got to get him. And they'll find him guilty. So can he get a fair trial? Could you get a fair trial if the community where you live, you know, your peers who are supposed to judge you as a jury, if they were all against you, regardless of the facts, if they just hated you, you voted for Trump, so we don't care. We don't care if you're innocent or guilty. We're going to get you too. See, so do you think you could get a fair trial in that situation? No. So our law, in our law, they allow us to request a change of venue, which means I don't think I can get a fair trial here. There's too much publicity. There's too much uh, emotion involved. Um, you know, you killed the burglar who came in to, to rape and murder your family, but that burglar that came in is a sympathetic person, is someone who has had a hard life and they don't like the fact that, you know, you killed them. And therefore, they're going to get you for doing it, right? And this happens. There's, there's a lot of that um, in, our, in our nation and in the historical record of what people do. So the whole idea, you'd say, listen, I, I, can't, I can't get a fair trial here. This, this, the news is all against me. The no, local newspapers are against me. The politicians are against me. Everybody's against me, which sets up the picture that, hey, you must be bad. And therefore, we should find you guilty before you even get in the courtroom. So what do we do when that happens? You request a change of venue. I need to get out of here and have my trial. So they pick a place where there is no um, publicity about it, where people don't really know you and they don't really know the poor, innocent uh, burglar, raper, murderer. They don't really know them. And then they have a trial there. We have a much better chance uh, of fairness, of, of being to have a trial to present your facts uh, of the case so that maybe they would see, hey, you did the right thing protecting your family for someone who wants to kill and rape and murder everybody, right? As opposed to in the killer's hometown where they may really like the killer. He was a good killer. He was a nice killer. He didn't deserve to be killed by you. Who do you think you are? So that's what we look at. Can Trump get a fair trial? Now, here's some more things that you're going to see to determine, is this a sham or is this legitimate? Now, because I'm telling you, I think anybody who, who's honest has said all along, if Trump colluded with Russia, then he should have been impeached. If he colluded with our enemy, he should have been impeached. Uh, if Trump did the things that they said he did, he should be charged. That's the fair way to look at it. Do we think Mr. Biden colluded with the Chinese and the Ukrainians and all these other people that gave him and his family millions of dollars? And he doesn't say a word about what they're doing around the nation, around the world? No, isn't that funny? Um, we don't, but that's a, that's a, for another story. So let's stick with this. So we're going to look at this and say, can Trump get a fair trial here? Well, here's the shenanigan. Trump's going to say, I'm going to speak out about this. I'm going to defend myself in the public. Well, if there's a gag order, that's the court saying, oh, no, you won't. 
You're not going to turn publics in your favor. You're going to keep it the way it is. And the news can rattle on and on and on that you're still guilty and a rotten person. Right? Uh, and the prosecutor can make statements, but you can't. That, that'll be one of your first clues. Ooh, look at this. Kangaroo court, I think we got here. The next thing you're going to see is if he requests a change of venue and they say no. Like if they moved it to uh, Long Island or Staten Island, uh, much heavier concentration of Republicans who may be a little more conservative, who maybe don't hate Trump, right? If he has to move it there or upstate New York, right? Anything out of Manhattan in the, in the five boroughs of the city. If he has to move it anywhere so he can get a fair trial and they say no. We're not going to let you move it. You're going to be. You're going to do it here. It's going to say, "Hey, there's a, there's another thing that indicates maybe this is really not on the up and up as it seems like it should be." So we'll see in the in the coming days and weeks how that's going to play out. But can Trump get a fair trial? And the last note I have on there is, is about fair trial is that even if you hate Donald Trump, you hate him. You can't stand him. You want him in prison, in shackles. You want to see those pictures, right? If you want that so bad, you can't really think straight. You have a problem. You have a problem because if you are willing to disregard truth and justice just to get your way, then you're not truly an American. You're something else. And maybe this world that we're in now, after this incident, maybe this is your world. Maybe this is the place where you want to function because you want to get your enemies at all cost. You don't care about justice. You don't care about liberty. You don't care about the rule of law or the Constitution as long as we can get them. Right? Because I tell you, write this one down. They will use that against you when they get the chance. And our friends on the left who have been slowly but surely chomping away at our First Amendment right, trying to get our Second Amendment right, going after the Fourth Amendment right where they can do fake FISA warrants and nobody gets in trouble, right? When you're starting to see that and you're starting to see these trials and you're starting to see these things, you got to say to yourself, this is just the next step, the next obvious step in the fundamental changes that they want to make to America, right? And if you're part of that, then you are part of the problem, not the solution. And who knows where this comes out? Who knows where your children or grandchildren or great-grandchildren will be living? Will America split into two? Will they have a, uh, 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 an impasse and say, okay, all those who want to be conservative, uh, God-fearing, wonderful, uh, Amer traditional Americans, you move to the South. Everybody else move to the North and we'll be liberal bastion up here. And then we'll seal the borders. Is that what's coming? Who knows? Might be better. Might be better than everybody who believes that kind of stuff can stay together. And those who want to be traditional, they could stay together. Maybe everybody get along better then. We wouldn't be trying to hurt each other every two minutes. All right, well, our time here is almost done. I really wanted to explore this because, like I said, it, it is a different world we're in today. The America you might remember growing up. Uh, you might remember the traditions. You might remember seeing things. You might have hated those things growing up. Maybe you hated all that, and this is a good moment for you. But I know for many people, this is a sad moment, and it's a moment that... I think it's unfortunate, but it's inevitable when you allow these things to continue on, when you don't stand up, when you don't make a stand, when you don't have good representation, when we have corrupt politicians in place, when we have corrupt systems, that's what happens. You fall into this terrible world that we're seeing now. So unfortunately, while I'm an optimist, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, yeah, it can turn around. I suppose it can turn around because we have the power. 
right? We don't have to fist fight. We don't have to fight with anybody. We have the power of the ballot box. When we all start to realize that when they're done getting through with the Republicans and the conservatives, they're going to come after you too. Because that's how these systems of tyrannical governments work. Either you play and do what they say, or they come after you. Even if you were a good liberal the whole time and you hated Trump appropriately, they're still going to come after you. That's how it works. Open your eyes and look around the world at where all these governments are. And try and convince yourself, we're going to do it right though. Our totalitarian government's going to do it right. And you'll be suffering just like everyone else who has lived under these systems. And you have a moment here. We have a moment where maybe we can turn this around. Because if we don't, we're going down that road that millions and millions of other people have, uh, have gone down. Because what's that saying? You can vote your way into socialism, but you have to shoot your way out. There's a reason for old sayings. There's usually truth contained in them. We are asking for tyrannical government. We are asking for one party rule. We are asking for the destruction of our way of life. So my friends, you need to pray. Pray that God opens your mind and opens up the minds of all our brother and sister Americans so that we can see things clearly and for what they really are. And they help us find our way through this very, very difficult time and bring us all together, everybody all together to the land that uh, Ronald Reagan was to talk about, the shining city on a hill, a place where we can all thrive. And that's what I'm hoping for. So listen, till we meet again, remember, be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. <laughs>